0: Love, talk Radio. Welcome to the Neil Garfield Show, a presentation sponsored by the Living Lies blog, GTC Honors, LendingLies.com, and the Garfield Firm, servicing all 50 states and 24 countries with news and analysis about the largest economic crime in human history. This program is for general information only and should not be used as a substitute for legal advice or consultation with a licensed professional. This show is not intended as a solicitation for the engagement of any services. And now, presenting world-renowned author, trial lawyer, CLE lecturer, and court-approved expert witness on securitization of debt, Neil Garfield.
1: The judge is not there to save you the cost of attorney's fees. Do the work or pay for it, and stop calling it a loan, and stop calling your adversaries banks. Hi, this is Neil Garfield, and this is Thursday, October 21st, 2021. I'm broadcasting live from Duval County, Florida. First, I'd like to thank everyone for their support for the renewal of the Garfield Continuum CLE webinars starting off with the September 29th webinar on Assignments of Mortgage. As always, we allow homeowners to attend. You can sign up for the on-demand recording at LendingLies.com, soon to be rebranded as LendingEyes.com. The next CLE webinar is Pre-Litigation Advice and Strategies on Friday, November nineteenth, two thousand twenty-one, at four p.m. <clears throat> Eastern time. It's about what homeowners and lawyers should be doing before a foreclosure begins. The recorded nine twenty-nine webinar on assignments of mortgage is already available on LendingLies.com, and the tickets for the eleven nineteen CLE webinar on pre-litigation tactics should go on sale later today or tomorrow. It has been approved by the Florida Bar for one CLE credit. For now, we're moving to, and sticking with, a one-hour format instead of the two-hour format we used for the September 29th webinar. With a 45-minute question and answer Conference call two weeks after the live presentation. So the Q and A for the pre-litigation strategies webinar will be on December third. The actual webinar will have its live presentation on November nineteenth. In the news today, Swali Amarova. I hope I got her name pronounced correctly is the nominee to leave the office of the controller of the currency her nomination has resulted in a flood of responses mostly as expected <clears throat> she is known for her support of more intense regulation of banking and financial technology but from wall street that is seen as a threat to the current securitization infrastructure <clears throat> The opponents on Wall Street are hiding behind the mantra that her views will stifle innovation. My view is that illegal schemes are not innovations. We, we need her. Write your congressional representatives in the House and the Senate about the nominee for the controller of the currency. If you don't, you're only compounding the problems we face as consumers. Most of you know that a lot of people book consults with me. Many of them are lawyers. Most are homeowners. Lately, I haven't seen much activity from regulators or law enforcement. They seem to have lost interest in the foreclosure crisis. The homeowners will almost always refer to the idea that it is a bank that is suing them for foreclosure. They say that even in non-judicial states where there is no suit to foreclose. In fact, it's the homeowner that needs to sue. The lawyers will almost invariably refer to the servicer that's bringing the action. Spoiler alert, neither one of them is correct. The reason homeowners refer to a bank is because when most people think of anyone who acts for or like a lender, they think of a bank. And that is because once upon a time, it was only banks that made loans on any wide scale. Spoiler alert. Wall Street is using that thought in your head against you, all consumers, all taxpayers, and lawyers for homeowners and lawyers for other consumers, especially consumers of installment debt. In most cases, the transaction with homeowners occurs by virtue of services performed by a private corporation that is not a bank. It is pursuing profit through payment, it is not pursuing profit through payment of interest, it is pursuing profit only through compensation paid to them for selling the financial product that the homeowner purchased with a promissory note. Most homeowners don't realize that all loans have that structure. The originator of that financial product now and for the last 25 years or so is a securities investment company on Wall Street. Wall Street being a generic term that includes many geographical areas, including uh, offshore and Europe, etc. This thought that banks are involved is a carryover from the days when banks actually made loans. The underwriting process was an approval process based upon a careful assessment of whether or not the bank would make money on this loan, through receiving the scheduled payments of interest and principal. And as the Truth in Lending Act says, underwriting for a loan transaction must be conducted based upon the viability of the loan and not for some other reason. Spoiler alert. The private, thinly capitalized corporation with whom you did business even if it was named on the note and mortgage or deed of trust. That company was a service provider through a network of companies that serve a securities brokerage firm, not a bank. Interest on loans is not the source of profit for the investment houses who changed lending forever with their securitization scheme, also changed Um, investment banking and the investment business forever by acting as and later having it ratified by the government as commercial banking, which means that the money that investors gave them were received as deposits, which is basically all that it was. Their business on Wall Street is selling securities, not buying securities, selling them and not collecting interest on loans. From a profit or revenue perspective, looking at it that way alone, the investment firms on Wall Street don't care whether you make a scheduled payment. I know that sounds ridiculous, but it's true. That's not where their profit comes from. They only want the payment from the homeowner or from the proceeds of foreclosure in order to maintain the illusion that the transaction with you was a loan because they labeled it that way but they only labeled it that way they never treated it that way in any other form except with their claims of administration collection and enforcement the payments then allow them to sell more, more unregulated securities so As long as they can show that they have a cash flow derived from either homeowners or their property, the more they're able to keep alive the illusion that it's all based on ownership of loans. It's an illusion. Your payments add revenue to them. Your payments do not repay any loan or reduce any loan account. So if you think you have a loan account somewhere and you make payments, or your property is sold in foreclosure, it doesn't go to reduce any loan account anywhere. Uh, Unless it's one of those rare birds that is not subject to a securitization infrastructure. So back to the days when banks made loans. Bank officers made and kept records on a loan account receivable, easily accessible on their accounting ledgers. That's how they kept r- r- the records, the score on each loan that they made, each deposit they accepted, etc. Those entries on the ledger were easily supported by documents showing that they had advanced money in the real world and that the homeowner took it. You could see it and examine it if you wanted to. If the homeowner got into trouble, there would be a call probably from the same person who processed and approved the loan. In other words, a live person whose job it was to be responsible for the success or failure of the transaction with the homeowner. The job of this person was to help the homeowner restructure the transaction if it got into trouble so that the bank still made money or at least minimized any loss on the loan account on its accounting ledgers. This live person would act to enforce the loan or work it out in the best interest of everyone. Spoiler alert, there is no such person in most loans today. There's nobody who cares. Nobody who cares about reinstating the loan because the foreclosure accomplishes the same thing as reinstating the loan for them, except that it doesn't give them all that free money that comes from selling the property. It gives them the proceeds of sale to pay off a wide variety of service providers who are like parasites who orbit the foreclosure scheme. Back to the lawyers. They often refer to the servicer. This is because by now most everyone, including lawyers, are accustomed to dealing with a company that claims to be authorized as a servicer. And the assumption is that the company claiming to be a servicer is depositing money into some depository account of the servicer or of some successor lender who paid value for the deal. Spoiler alert. It is rare that the private corporation with whom you did business sends you a letter signed by one of its officers that says that the business of accepting deposits and making disbursements to creditors has been transferred to XYZ servicing. Instead, and most people don't take notice of this, Homeowners usually get an unsigned document that is, in fact, not easily seen from the face of the document, but it is, in fact, neither generated nor sent by the company that is claimed to be the servicer, and the document shows the letterhead of that company that is claimed to be the servicer, so naturally the lawyer assumes that it came from the servicer or the company named as servicer. All this is accomplished through what is now known as FinTech, F-I-N-T-E-C-H, financial technology, who basically are the controllers of the whole scheme, and most of that is controlled by ICE, the Intercontinental Exchange which owns MERS and the New York Stock Exchange and so forth. And it is rarer still, virtually non-existent, that the supposed servicer deposits any money because even if you make the payment payable to that company, in other words, you're making out a check and you say XYZ servicing, it is still routed through a lockbox system where it is received... It is diverted, received, and deposited into accounts that are neither owned nor maintained by the company claimed to be the servicer. Also hard to believe. Also something that you can just demand in discovery. So they have no firsthand records of any transactions because they weren't party to those transactions, including payments from you proceeds from a foreclosure because all the payments made by you occurred out of sight and out of control of the company claiming to be a servicer. Homeowners first start their research on the internet where they discover either a promise or they interpret to be a promise or guarantee of some magic bullet that will stop any foreclosure most of which ignores everything or almost everything I have said so far on this show or anywhere on my 14-year-old blog or this 7-year-old radio show. The only thing that will stop a foreclosure is a court order. There are no exceptions to that rule except the voluntary withdrawal of the foreclosure by the parties who initiated it. Let me repeat that, because there's a lot of scams out there. The only thing that it will actually stop a foreclosure from happening or an eviction is a court order. There's no notice, no letter, no telephone call that will stop it. A court order will stop it, or the voluntary withdrawal of the how do homeowners win? I keep telling you, but only a few are listening and they are winning. The rest are arguing with me or they believe they did not, they did follow my advice and it, it didn't work. Let me be clear. There are no guarantees if you are going to court. There are no exceptions to that. But so far, my data is telling me that where I was lead counsel, I only have a few legacy cases left. I don't accept doing, uh, Or lead consulting counsel, the homeowner won 80% of the time. And where homeowners are properly represented by counsel and are paid for the work that needs to be done, they're winning 65% of the time. Good lawyers would look at the pleading and immediately rebuff any attempt to say that the case involves a bank, client, or lender. In most cases, it is an alleged trust, and the lawyer says so. If the foreclosure mill doesn't say so, then there are still some things to do. But assuming that it's apparent on its face that this is supposedly a trust, while the foreclosure mill attorney is referring to the bank, the defense lawyer is referring to the trust. Why? Because he wants to change the focus of the case in the judge's mind from bank versus deadbeat homeowner to trust making a claim against a homeowner. Second, good lawyers will attack the pleadings or notices, especially when it says that the action is brought on behalf of certificate holders. The use of that term is a use of financial and legal laundry detergent. It's A blank placeholder, much like MERS and other entity names that are used to confuse the courts, homeowners, lawyers, etc., and regulators. Third, the good lawyer will not concede that there is or ever was a loan transaction or that there is or ever was a loan account receivable like in the good old days, just as I described it. And when the issue comes up again in discovery litigation, having challenged it before, it will be the second time the judge has heard it. I mean no disrespect when I say that litigation is like training dogs. It's all about clarity and repetition. I live with my my daughter. When she wants me to start doing something different, she knows she needs to repeat it a few times before I remember or finally start doing it. Judges are human beings. They need to be trained. Most pro se homeowners make the fatal error of mentioning a defect or mentioning an argument that they barely understand themselves. They say it once and expect the judge to do the rest of the work. That's why I opened up the show with the remark that the judge is not there to save you the cost of attorney's fees. It's not up to the judge to take it to catch the ball and take it downfield. That's not his or her job, and even if it was, there's almost nobody on the bench anywhere that's willing to do that work. I have known a few judges that w- that have done that uh, over the last five years or so, um, and then at the very beginning of all this, back in 2007 and 2008, with Judge Shack in New York and another judge in Ohio, Boyko. But I can count them on one hand and still have room to type with one finger. They're human. Get over it. Next, learn and follow the rules. If you don't lose, if, if you don't follow the the, the rules, you, you're going to lose. The good foreclosure defense attorney understands that the claim belongs to the opposition. That sounds obvious. Almost everybody forgets it. The claim belongs to the opposition, the one who is making the claim. It is not owned by nor need it be proved by the homeowner. So the good foreclosure defense attorney sticks to the rules and then aggressively keeps the foreclosure mills feet to the fire. The good foreclosure defense lawyer challenges everything. By the way, the good foreclosure defense lawyer loses some cases, no matter how well it is litigated. That's life. He or she admits nothing until it is ruled upon by the judge and even then tries to get the judge to change their mind as more and more issues pop up. The good lawyer says to the foreclosure mill that It's very interesting that you say you represent ABC Bank as trustee for the XYZ Trust on behalf of registered holders of certificates. But then the defense lawyer asks, so which is it? Is your client the ABC Bank, the named trustee with whom you have an agreement for representation? Or... Is it the trust, or is it the certificate holders? If it is the certificate holders, then why are they not named? If it is the certificate holders, then why is the trustee or trustee named at all? If this is being brought on behalf of the certificate holders, then they should be named, and they are the parties that are making the claim. Of course, that never happens because certificate holders, A, are not beneficiaries under the trust, and B, they're merely holding an IOU from an investment bank on Wall Street. They have no interest in any loan or any transaction with any homeowner. If it is the certificate holders, are you saying that they will get the proceeds of sale of the property? If you're successful in getting a judgment or sale order, you're never gonna get an answer to that. If it's done properly and litigated properly during discovery, you can make an issue with that and get a motion to compel, eventually leading to a motion for sanctions, motion for contempt, and so forth. Those motions for sanctions and contempt are what turns the tide. Because they can't put on evidence that a certain matter is true, for example, that they own the claim, if they refuse to provide the backup that anyone who owned the claim would have. If the certificate holders are not intended to get the proceeds of sale, then why are they even named as a class or group? What are they doing there? Who is it that maintains a loan account receivable due from the homeowner as per their own accounting records? Can we see it? You are not bringing a representative of the named claimant to the trial? Hmm. I would think that an officer of ABC Bank would be saying, here, here's our ledger, shows the establishment of the loan, either by us or by somebody else, and it shows every financial transaction affecting this loan since it was created. That's what happened once upon a time, and the law requires what happened once upon a time. The law does not allow the use of virtual claimants virtual plaintiffs who are never going to see the money and have never touched a penny in their lives from homeowners or the proceeds of sales. So if they're not bringing a representative of the named claimant to the trial, why not? Maybe the defense lawyer will subpoena someone at that bank who is the trust officer for the trust account that they say the trustee is maintaining you'll find there isn't such a trust account and there'll be nobody at abc bank that's willing to come to court they will fight like dogs they won't answer okay here's a motion to compel still no answer okay here's a motion for contempt and a motion for sanctions Every good good foreclosure defense attorney has learned one basic fact. The deeper you dig, the better the offers. The deeper you dig, the closer you get to total victory. Now, let me add, just as as an add-on to that, that the deeper you dig, the more issues you're going to find that you've got to dig into. And that's why litigating these cases are expensive. It should be because all the cases that homeowners win are basically decided that way because the case never should have been brought to begin with. It should be that these cases end front end, where they are dismissed because they have not established the claim. But it isn't, and what Wall Street is using against you is the fact that they can last to the end, even with a completely defective claim, because they think you can't and you won't. That's it for tonight, folks. Thanks for joining us. See you next week.
0: The opinions expressed on The Neil Garfield Show are those of its hosts and should not be ascribed to any other persons or entities. For more information about Neil, the blog, or upcoming seminars, please visit livinglies.me. Give us a call at 954-451-1230 or send an email to n-e-i-l-f-g-a-r-f-i-e-l-d at hotmail.com. Thank you for listening to The Neil Garfield Show. If the information has helped you, consider making a donation by visiting livinglies.me.